Today, I wanna talk to us about putting God first in our fellowship. And when I say fellowship, I'm talking specifically and individually how we put God first in the church, in his church. So in the fall of 2000, I've told this story a couple of times before, but I was reminded of it preparing for this message. In the fall of 2000, I was invited by someone in the church that we were at at the time. Uh, he was a season ticket holder, and he invited me to go to Monday night football, Denver versus uh, the, the Broncos versus the Raiders on Monday night in the fall of, of 2000. This was at Mile High Stadium, and this was back when the Broncos had like Terrell Davis, uh, Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, uh, Bill Romanowski. Mike Shanahan was their coach. Uh, the Raiders had, have they had anybody good throughout the years? I don't know. No, the Raiders had, just kidding. The Raiders had uh, Hall of Famers Tim Brown and Charles Woodson. John Gruden was their coach at the time. Now he's their, their coach again. And so I was invited to go. I was a young punk, 26-year-old youth pastor at the time. And so I told the guy with the season tickets, I said, I'll go as long as you're okay with the fact that I'm not going to cheer for the Broncos. I'm gonna cheer for the Raiders at the game, as long as you're okay with that. Well, he agreed, and so we headed down to the game. The seats were incredible, about, 40, uh, about the 40-yard line, 20 rows up. Uh, we were at the game, and the place, if you've ever been to a Bronco game, the place was literally electric. As the game started, I was true to my word. I did not cheer for the Broncos. I was cheering for the Raiders, but a few rows behind us were two real Raider fans. And they were incredibly obnoxious. At the start of the game, they just started berating and ridiculing the Broncos and their fans. Well, at first it was kind of funny. You know, they were kind of jabbing back and forth. But as the game wore on and the alcohol increased, so did their profanity. Threats started being made. People from other sections were noticing what was going on in our section. And I started to think, if I keep cheering for the Raiders, people will think that I'm with those two losers back there. And so as much as I hate to admit it, I started cheering for the Broncos. Now, now, here's the thing. I was present at the game. I was even participating with the celebration of the crowd, but make no mistake about it, I was not putting the Broncos first because I'm a Christian. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was protecting myself. It, in that moment, it was all about me, which is kind of how I feel about the church sometimes. There are times in the church we make it all about ourselves. Now, I want to be super careful here. I've actually wrestled greatly all the way up through this morning with this message and how I present it. I want to present it in a way that's truthful and challenging, while at the same time not alienating or discouraging people as well. So before I go any further, I want you to hear me out. Please understand, in no way in, the, in this message am I saying that anyone is required to attend our church. Like it is up to you whether you attend our church or any church for that matter. And it's also if you attend our church, I want you to understand that in no way am I saying that anyone is required to do anything in our church. That's also your choice. That you have the choice to, to attend our church and benefit from the amazing volunteers and programs and ministries that we have without ever lifting a finger to do anything, and I mean that. I want you to understand that as we, as we move on. But like the football game, I think in church, not Element Church, but God's church in general, I think in church there are lots and lots of people 
who on a regular basis, they are present. They might even participate in the celebration, but they have yet to put God first in their fellowship. They've yet to put God first in the church. And the reason this is so important is, I believe that when we fail to put God first in our fellowship, not only does the church as a whole miss out on so much more because you are not involved, but really you miss out on so much more because you are not involved. Now, as you'll see, uh, as we go further on in this message, you're gonna see that this goes way deeper than just our attendance, and you chose to attend today, so like, you can breathe a sigh of relief on this next part here. I would say, though, whether, whether I was your pastor or not, I, I would say this if you were just some random dude on the street. I believe this starts with our church attendance, that the ministry of the church is not limited to this kind of gathering, but the ministry of the church is definitely launched from this kind of gathering. That's from this gathering that launches all sorts of other things we are doing for our community. It's out of our gathering in the building where we worship God together in song, we listen to a message from his word, we, we serve one another with our gifts. It's out of that that we are encouraged and inspired and equipped to go outside of the building with the message and ministry of Jesus. That really is our vision here at Element Church, to be a movement of people having such an impact that if we were gone, our communities would miss us. And it all starts here with this, that we gather together before we go together for the gospel. And before you think the Bible does not talk about church attendance, don't forget Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. That God, through the writer of Hebrews, challenges us, with, uh, challenges us with this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Which, by the way, that's what we are trying to do every time we gather. We're trying to think of ways, songs, sermons, illustrations, opportunities to serve that will motivate one another towards love and good works. That we would encourage one another to go out into a difficult and dark world and shine the light of Jesus as best we can. It's a huge part of why we gather. And you might disagree with me on what are legitimate reasons not to attend church. And I, and I know that, that no one, there is not one person, me included, that will attend church all 52 weeks of the year. It is literally almost impossible to do that. However, however, I do believe I believe this, and I will make no apologies for it, that if you are a Christian, the gathering of God's people like this should be at the top of your priority list every single week. Got one amen from a room full of Christians. Amen, church? Amen. Maybe you didn't say amen because you don't agree. I don't know, but it's true. So yes, for some people, there might need to be a more consistent commitment to attend church, to be a part of the gathering, but that's the last I'll mention attendance for the day. This is so much deeper than that. Because just like that Broncos game, my presence, even my participation with the crowd, did not make the Broncos a priority in my life. I was there, but they weren't first on my, on my list. So here's the big idea for today. If you wanna write it down, you can't, it's on the screens. When it comes to church, my attitude more than my attendance reveals what's first in my life. 
My attitude more than my attendance reveals what's first in my fellowship. So the main scripture is Romans 12, 13, or three through 21. And we're gonna see an answer to the big question in that main scripture, the big question being this, what's the right attitude in my fellowship? That if attitude's more important than attendance, what is the right attitude in my fellowship? Romans is the sixth book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. If you did not bring a Bible, all the scriptures will be on the screens for you as well. And if you don't own a Bible, we'll give you one for free. Ask for one at guest services. Uh, they are free of charge or at the next steps while we'll get you a Bible in your hands. Just so you know, we're actually picking up today in the Bible right where we left off last week. So we read Romans 1 and 2 last week, now 3 through 21. It doesn't always work out that way, but today it happened to, to work out that way. I'll remind you that a guy named Paul was writing this letter to some Christians in Rome. God had completely saved and changed Paul's life. He took Paul from a guy who hated Jesus and hated Christians to a guy that now is helping people follow Jesus and make Christ a priority in their life. Romans 12 starting in verse three, says this. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. And I could preach on that for a long time, right? Like if you're sitting with someone that you think needs to hear that, don't elbow them, don't nudge them, just look straight at me. Don't even look at them, okay? Paul noticed, Paul started right off the top talking about an attitude, don't think you are better than you really are. Other translations say, don't think too highly of yourself. And he goes on to say this, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. And just so you know, he's now referring to the church. Specifically, those of us who believe in Jesus and gather together to lift up his name all through the New Testament, Paul in his writings refers to the church as a body. So he's using a physical illustration to, to have a spiritual meaning or revelation. And he says this about the church, the body. We are many parts, that's all of us, of one body, that's the church. And we all, everyone say all, we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Now, I want to jump real quickly to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. So 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul also wrote that to a group of Christians in a town called Corinth. And he's talking about this idea of gifts that we have been given. So 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us, a spiritual gift gift is given to each of us, that's those of us who believe, so we can help each other. And why? Because we belong to each other. So my attitude, more than my attendance, reveals what's first in my fellowship. What's the right attitude? We're going to have three statements that I'm going to make based on these passages. And these statements, I believe, if if our, our fellowship, if we have the right attitude in our fellowship, these statements will be true of you if you have the right attitude. Number one, first statement is this. I want to contribute to the body. 
I want to contribute to the body, the church. Paul said, we are many parts of one body, and not only do we all belong to each other, but we all, those of us who believe, have a gift that is meant to help each other. And this teaching is tied directly to the very first thing Paul says in the passage when he says, don't think you're better than you really are. Don't think too highly of yourself, which by the way, the opposite is true as well. I would say this, don't think too low of yourself in the body either. Don't think too low of yourself. There, there are two attitudes, I believe, that hinder us most when it comes to our contribution to the, God, to the body with our gifts and with our serving. And those two attitudes are this. The first one is, I'm not gifted enough. The second one is, I'm too good for that. I'm not gifted enough or I'm too good for that. So let's take the first one first. Too often in the church, I think we view certain positions in the church as more important. And so as Christians, we'll say things like, well, I don't have those gifts. I can't preach, I can't teach, I can't lead, I can't sing. So what do I have to offer? I may as well not serve at all. But in that 1 Corinthians 12 passage, Paul again equates the church to a body and he says that each of us are a part of the body and as we do our part, he says that every part is just important as any other. So 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 22, God through the apostle Paul says this, yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell? If you got junior high boys in the house, you might want your whole body to be an ear because you don't want to smell, but that's another story. Our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body, look, that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Isn't that awesome? So Paul said, one part of the body can't say to another part, you're not needed. And I think it's safe to also say the opposite. I mean, we can conclude the opposite. That one part of the body cannot say to the rest of the body, you don't need me. That we all belong to each other. Some parts that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. This, actually, this is actually where we get our core value of it matters from in our church. That no matter what you do in the church, it matters just the same for the church. That not every place in the church is for every person, but every person in the church definitely has a place. And listen, we even have places that you can serve when you don't believe in God yet. Why? Because if you're gonna come to this body, we want you to be a part of it as well. Even if you don't believe, we have places you can contribute to 
the body. So please don't ever let the I'm not gifted enough attitude keep you from contributing. Because the truth is, according to scripture, the body needs you and you need the body. We all belong to each other. That's the first attitude. The second attitude though is probably more common and definitely more dangerous. It's the attitude of I'm too good for that, which is really what Paul was addressing here in this passage when he said, don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think you're better than you really are when it comes to this idea of serving the body. And I know you might be thinking, man, I would never say I'm too good for that. But in reality, we do. We just use different words. And then there's some, there's some illustrations I could use, but when it comes to this attitude, here's how I hear it most in the church, and here's how I've said it most when I've used this excuse. I'm too busy to serve. Or I'm too tired to serve. Which actually reveals an attitude that I'm too good for that because what I'm saying is I deserve something different than everyone else in the church does. Because I'm too busy or I'm too tired. So as lovingly as I can remind us as your pastor, you were welcomed and directed in our parking lot today by busy and tired people in the parking team. The coffee that you enjoyed when you came in was made by busy and tired people. The kids workers who are leading our kids to Jesus are busy and tired people. The safety team who makes sure we are protected and provided for all day long is made up of busy and tired people. The worship team that does a fantastic job leading us into the throne of God with worship are made up of busy and tired people. The production team making sure the lights and sound and visuals working properly is made up of busy and tired people. In fact, in every volunteer area of our church, whether on Sunday morning or throughout the week, it is made up of busy and tired people. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there isn't one person who is serving today in our church that woke up saying, I have nothing to do today. I may as well go serve at the church. <laughs> Why? Because they're also busy and tired people. I'm too good for that. I deserve something else than they do. Which by the way, busyness is most awfully not a calendar problem, it's a commitment problem. I've committed myself to too many things that the best thing that can't take priority anymore. Not always, but typically. It is not a calendar problem. It's a commitment problem in our lives. You see, when my attitude is getting, I will only come to church. When my attitude is giving, I will start to contribute to the church. So what's my, my attitude? There are so many examples of people in our church who do this well. In fact, this message was incredibly hard to even prepare for because I believe one of the things we do best in our church is have volunteers. Like our volunteers are literally amazing. They are absolutely incredible. And so there's a number of people I could have chosen, but I couldn't think of a better example of this attitude than a young man named Derek Jared. Uh, Derek serves on our usher team and our parking team, which by the way, before you leave today, please make sure and thank the parking lot volunteers. Like that sucks to be out there in the snow and cold, but they did it. Why? To serve God first and then you. And I think we should say thank you to our parking lot volunteers today. They did an amazing job. <laughs> 
Uh, I actually went out there before both morning services and shook every one of their hands and said, thank you for serving in the snow. I know it's not easy, but we appreciate what you guys are doing. So Derek serves on the usher team, parking team. And if you've ever seen Derek serve, the way he serves, I believe, epitomizes not thinking too highly of yourself, okay? Which you're about to see here, here in a second. His day job allows him to rub elbows with some important people in our community and our state. He gets to be kind of on the inside of dealing with important decisions and, and developments in our own community, but he chooses to serve in a position that many people would call least important. So I want you to go ahead and check out uh, Derek Jared on this video. All right, the reason why I serve is because one, uh, we're called, and also because, um, okay, gotta start over. Volunteerism is a huge component of this church. Serving is part of, of what, we're, you know, what we're called to do. The reason why I serve on the parking team is because I figured there was somewhere that I could land uh, serving here at Element Church. I figure if I ever lost my job, um, I probably would still be able to maybe work for an airport ground crew. Do I just keep going into the next one? Yes. What's the answer to that one? The best part about serving at Element Church is because I get to be myself. Once you kind of put one of these volunteer shirts on, um, you understand that you're a part of a bigger group. And uh, that's pretty huge to me because you got a bunch of God-loving folks with hearts the size of Cheyenne. And, uh, and, and I mean, that's something special. And if it's because you don't know how to get involved, you don't know where, you can serve in the nursery, you can serve in the parking lot, you can serve as an usher, you can do all these different things. They feed us at the 6 p.m. service, so that's usually another reason why I'm here. Did you catch the attitude? <laughs> My favorite move I've seen him make is when he directs a car into a spot by golfing. He does that. <laughs> it's awesome. We didn't get one on video though. My attitude, more than my attendance, reveals what's first in my fellowship. So what's the right attitude? Well, I want to contribute to the body. And listen, I wish I could make every Christian understand this, that you will never experience all that God has designed for you as a part of the body until you start to contribute to the body. You're just missing out. Like there's something for you. You ask any one of our volunteers, I think every one of them would tell you, I get more than I ever give from serving. So you'll never experience all that God's designed for you until you contribute. Romans 12, nine through 16 then says this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them, pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Isn't that awesome? Second attitude got to have, if you're going to have the right attitude in your fellowship is this, I want to care for the body. So I want to contribute, but I want to care. And as I read verses nine through 16, the word care just was screaming in my heart. Like Paul said, don't pretend to love others, really love them. That's care. 
Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. That's part of that helping one another grow in our faith. Show genuine affection, honor each other, help God's people in need, celebrate with those who are happy, mourn with those who mourn. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. That screams care. Now listen, it is incredibly hard to do any of those things for the body if all you do is attend on Sunday. And, and, it's incredibly hard for any of those things we read to be done for you if all you do is attend on Sunday. Like in a church this size, which by the way, last Sunday, we had over 1,600 people in church. So in a church this size, I believe the best way to live out that kind of care that we read in this passage, the the best way to live that out for the body is, is if we are connected to a group of some kind, a group of some kind. Now, I know there's gonna be objections. I know that, that small groups are not commanded in scripture. I get that. But caring for one another is commanded in scripture. Especially caring for one another in the same body, the same church. And I don't know of a better way to care for one another in a church this size in modern day church setting than in groups. Now, there might be someone here today and you're thinking, Well, I don't need a group, to which I'll disagree with you, but let's just say you don't. Let's say right now you don't need a group, okay? So so you may not need a group, but here's why this is the dividing line for me. Someone might need you to be in their group. They might need you to be in their group because God might be positioning us at just the right time to help care for someone else in the body financially, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, which are the five things we read in that passage, caring for one another in those ways. Or, or, this is huge. I can't see what's coming down the line in my life. I can't see the future. God can. So when I get myself into a group, God might actually be positioning me So that when this thing in my life, when it hits the fan, there is someone in my group that can do for me, care for me financially, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually. Might position us at just the right time. Like I hear story after story after story coming out of our small groups where our groups have cared for one another in the ways we just read. That my attitude more than my attendance reveals what's first in my fellowship. So what's the right attitude? Well, I want to contribute to the body. I want to care for the body. And then I love, I've never noticed this before, but Paul seems to shift his attention from the body and now he goes beyond the body into really the community that we live in. Look at this, Romans 12, 17 through 21. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that who? everyone. So leading up to this point, it was all about the body, the church. Now he says, I want everyone to see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with who? With everyone. 
Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And I'm claiming that verse today against the patriots. Instead, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And look at this. Don't let evil, what he talked about, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So the third attitude I need to have to have right fellowship, making sure it's God's first in my fellowship. Number three is this. I want to conquer evil as the body. I want to contribute to the body. I want to care for the body. And I want to conquer evil as the body. This attitude changes everything for the church. Because here's what we've got to understand. That when I, when I leave this gathering, like here in a few minutes, we're all gonna get out of our seats, we're gonna walk out the doors and go out into the world. But when I, and I'm talking to me by the way, because you need to understand I am first of all a child of God, second, I'm a pastor. So when I leave this gathering, I don't cease to be a part of the body. That as a Christian, when I leave this place, I now represent the body to the community as a whole. Whoa. That brings some weight to our relationship in the body. That, that we are leaving this place today and we are headed into a dark and difficult world. Are we not? It's a dark and difficult world to navigate. We are headed into a world where I might be treated with evil. And Paul says, never pay back evil with evil, but do things in such a way that everyone will see you are honorable. That maybe the way we respond to evil, people might look at us and be like, hey, aren't they Christians? Don't they go to Element Church? Why are they so different? Why are they different? We are headed out into a world that literally can't seem to live at peace with anyone. And yet Paul says we should live in peace with everyone. So maybe folks could look at us and the way we live and say, man, those people at Element, I don't know how they do it, but no matter who it is, they just seem to be able to get along with everyone. We are headed into a world that believes when someone wrongs you, it's your right to wrong them back, especially in this social media age. So if someone is your enemy, let everyone on Facebook know what they did to you, how horrible of a person they are, and how much you hope something bad happens to them. You gotta take revenge, but Paul says never take revenge. If your enemy's hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Church, you want to talk about standing out in the world. When we start saying, you know what? They hurt me, but I'm going to serve them. They curse me, I will bless them. They are against me, I will pray for them. And not a prayer of, oh, mighty God, smite them. But, oh, mighty God, would you pour out an abundance of your favor on that person who's my enemy? Talk about standing out. Like, church, I want to conquer evil as the body. 
I want us today to leave this place understanding that I represent Jesus, I represent his church, and I represent Element Church, and I wanna represent that well. So I'm gonna conquer evil by doing good. Notice, he didn't say conquer evil by going to church or conquer evil by praying more or conquer evil by praising God through song. I am all for going to church. I've said that in this message. I'm all for prayer. I think it is a lost art and practice among Christians. I am all for worship. It's one of the favorite things we do as Christians. But Paul did not say do any of those that conquer evil by doing good. At some point, church, we're gonna leave these four walls and we have to actually go do something in the world. A life-giving movement of people having such an impact that if we were gone, our communities would miss us. So the goal is that we go, we leave this place. I think sometimes we kind of view the church as here. I started out by saying this, this gathering is great, but it's just a launching point to go out. So we leave this place. Yeah, we want to contribute to the body. We want to care for the body. We leave this place and we want to go conquer evil by doing good. Why? So that when we start living these things, other people will see in us and say, what makes them so different? I want to go check that place out. And then they will actually come here inside this place. And our prayer is they will get, now get connected to the body themselves so that they can go out with us. And now they are doing the same things we model for them. And they'll reach other people and come back in here. And now there's a new person who's saying, these people are so different. What's going on? And now they're connected to the body and the body grows and grows and grows and gets healthier and healthier and healthier as we contribute, as we care, as we conquer. So listen, I've said this, I cannot speak highly enough of our volunteers. And there's a lot of you in this room. So thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. It matters. Every life change that happens in this place, you are a partner with God in that. I mean that. If you're already in a small group, we got tons of people signing up for small groups. We're seeing record attendance signing up and leaders for groups. So man, for the leaders, for those signing up, good job, keep it up. But maybe you're here and you're, you've not yet done that. You're a Christian, but you're not contributing. You're a Christian, but you're not caring for the body. I just encourage you to try. Just try it. Stop by the Next Steps wall and sign up for volunteer interest. You are not locked in for every service. You are not even locked in for every week. We have an amazing system that gives you a break. And if you want to step out, you can step out and you'll still be loved in this place. I just think you'll never receive God's full blessing of what it means to be a part of a church until you get connected that way. Get signed up for a group. If you're looking for a great place to start, try Starting Point Group. All the information's on your chairs. Starting Point is a great place just to, hey, I wanna know more about Christianity. I wanna know more about God's church. What does all this mean? What does all this do? I just wanna, I wanna know a little bit more about that. I encourage you to get plugged in that way. And I, I believe for the first time in my ministry, I could say this. I would much rather see our Volunteer numbers and our small group numbers increase before I see our attendance increase. Couldn't always say that. But the reason I can say that now is because I understand that when volunteering increases and small groups increase, so does the health of the church and healthy things grow. So if we work on the health of the inside, it will start to be expressed in the health on the outside. So I'm encouraged you to get signed up. Try it for a season and see what happens.